part two of a nine-week summer series. Now, don't get bored with it. Don't think that's a bad thing. It's a good thing. Repetition is the mother of learning. We're talking about the value of having a scripture or scriptures, life verses that could guide you, connect with your life. And, and uh, I really like Psalm 119, 105. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Well, we talked about last week that as we introduced this series, the fact that the word of God connects with us. And we challenged you to connect with scripture on a regular basis because it is a source that is consistent and true that you can refer back to and, and rest on to be able to get through whatever season you are facing. We challenged you to kind of walk through that strategy. Sometimes it just you just need a system. You need something that can help you make it through the discipline of daily devotion in Scripture. And so we, we introduced again that concept of SOAP. And it's a, a, just that abbreviation that is Scripture for the S. You know, what am I reading here in the text today? Observation. What's jumping out to me? from this passage. Application, how can I let this affect my life? And then prayer, you know, God, let it be so. And I remember that Psalm 119, and, uh, you know, I mean, this is my story about that passage, and I want to hear your stories about the passages that have come alive to you as you're reading and do come alive during the summer, and you can share those with us on the Next Steps page. We have a little spot to share your life verse or your favorite verse. Um, but that aside, this passage, I remember reading it when I was a brand new follower of Jesus. And it was such an encouragement to me because I didn't feel like I had everything figured out. I in no way, shape, or form could see very far down the path of life. And it was an encouragement to me in this passage that that God says his word is a, a lamp. It's a guide to our feet. It's a light to, to my path. But that light is like a lamp. So it, if you've ever tried to like go through the dark on a trail with a lamp, it doesn't give you a lot of vision forward. I think sometimes we want to see five, ten years down the road when God's like, I gave you a lamp. Trust me, I'll be faithful, as we sang. Faithful you are, God. That lamp to your feet. And that's an encouragement to me because in the season where I could easily get ahead of God, I think it's so easy to do that, to kind of want to run and God's walking. And we're like, oh, I got this figured out. I can see five years down the road. I'm gonna go this way. Is that his path that he was lighting up or did you choose your own? And then how do we get back to that lamp? Good thing is, if a lamp is far off, you can still see the light and make your way back. And scripture's like that. It shows us the way back. It gives us insight. Shows us our path. One of the verses that resonates with followers of Jesus in the early church was like, the staple, right? Jesus gives two challenges at the end of like his teaching times to corporate groups. 
The final one is in Acts 1.8. And this is really what we're talking about today. The, for today's talk and the message, go. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Right? So in Jerusalem, that's like in, in your community, in Bonnie Lake, through Judea, in America, in Samaria, that's like in Dominican Republic, or wherever, team, let's get ready to go out tomorrow, uh, you know, to the ends of the earth, like other side of the planet, Indonesia, wherever, jungles, wherever, untouched places, people who've never heard. This call to the ends of the earth is critical to the mission of Jesus. And it's one of those passages that jumps off the pages and makes you consider what's my part in the gospel being spread to the world? What part does God have for me to play in this telling people about the love of Jesus everywhere? How am I a part of it? What's my personable, my person, personal responsibility to the challenge to be? Be a witness to people everywhere. We need to ask questions like that to where we can really spur up action within ourselves because it's easy to remain comfortable. The Great Commission, Jesus' final teaching to the disciples prior to this, the corporate group, he shows up after resurrecting from the dead. And, and in Matthew 28, 18, it says, Jesus came to his, told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth Therefore, go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We're not alone in this thing called sharing the love of God, the gospel to the world around us. Our big idea today is that God calls us to go. Simply to go. Therefore, go, it says there in verse 19. This fi these final messages of Jesus were to go and be my witnesses. Jesus didn't say, give money to those who will go. Right? Isn't that the easy solution for us? Isn't that the, the way out? Well, I'm going to support those. Uh, yeah, he challenges us to do that. <laughs> they can't go without that. You can't go without that. He wants us to go as well. And uh, he'll give us a path. He'll show us the path, that lamp to our feet and where our go is. And we'll find ourselves probably going places that stretch us, that challenge us, that could make us nervous, that maybe involve opposition to get there. But he'll challenge us to go. And giving is a part of the miracle of going. I don't want to downplay that generosity. It makes a massive impact. Missionaries cannot go, whether it's on a short-term trip or whether it's for like they move their life unless they had consistent and constant support. 
But we're supposed to do both. So where are we supposed to go? Thought one, go home. Not yet. We'll dismiss you in a few. Uh, but you're supposed to go home. Like that in Jerusalem, Judea, right? That whole, we're supposed to go home and be present right here and make a difference in our community, your community. Where you live is not an error. Your family is not a mistake. You're not in opposition with one another. You're on the same team. God has a plan for your home. And really it involves uh, your primary mission field, right? Your family and your neighbors. Like this is your primary mission. Titus 1, 6 through 9 explains the qualifications of like a leader of the church, an elder of the church. Listen to the, the content here. It says an elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife and his children. He must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. A church leader is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be heavy drinker, violent, dishonest with his money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home. And he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief and trustworthy message he has taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. In the middle of that, it talks about the reality of leading our family. And as, as someone who God has commissioned to share the gospel to all people, he really wants all of us to strive to elevate to that challenge in Titus. To say, man, I do want my family to follow Jesus. I do want everyone in my home to love God with all their heart, their mind, and their soul. And love their neighbor as their self, as we'll read in a moment. This past Wednesday, I had the honor of leading my grandma's internment service. She lived to almost make 100. She was so close, 99 uh, years old. And, and uh, so we had a little small intimate service and we're sharing different stories. And one of my aunts, well, my aunt, I guess I only have the one there. Anyway, so my aunt gets up and shares the story uh, uh, and different stories about my grandma and her upbringing. And, and she was the oldest, she was the only living remaining uh, child to my great-grandfather, Thaddeus, who I'm named after. And talked about being in a, a ministry home. And back then, they had a church with two campuses, one in Spokane and one in Coeur d'Alene. And you would go back and forth, but it took over an hour by horse. <laughs> it's just weird to hear stories like that still. And, uh, and they talked about how they were supported by others because that was like their mission field. They started those churches. They planted those churches. And, and the people would support them and send them boxes. They called them missionary boxes and in the box, when they opened it, was an item of clothing for each one of the members of the family. <laughs> You're like, that's what they got to wear. 
you're like, wow, that's different, right? Um, so we're going to implement that with our daughters. They'll get one item of clothing in a missionary box. Is that cool? Does that work? Is that still hip? Okay, anyway. Is that lit? Okay, never mind. I'll stop trying to use slang. I'm going to say something that's really wrong in a second. Um, that was my dad joke moment right there. As I've used my limit for the day. Uh, but the stories were powerful. And one of them was of my great-grandfather Thaddeus with my, my grandma there being the youngest uh, in the group circled up. And, and they would do daily devotions as a family. And the impact, they said, that they heard from others. Because whenever somebody stayed with that family, they would join the family devotions daily. And just the, the genuineness of the faith in the home. And that was like challenging and convicting and beautiful to know there's a legacy going through a family line that's still alive today, generations later. And yet there's branches of the family that have gone the other direction, talked about here, that have been rebellious or, or wild living. And, and, uh, and you just pray for each other because I once was wild living and I came back. I was far from that lamp onto my path. I, I chose my own path and, and the hurts that went with it. But I made my way back to that lamp. And I just pray the rest of my family can. And that we could circle up and pray. And, and it was just a kind of a cool, moving moment that made me think of that value of family and leading a family in the faith. We're not perfect parents. Uh, and, but we model Jesus and his love and his care for our home, for others. And sometimes that's weird and it's clunky as a parent or as a family member. You might be the one that the kids pick on because you bring Jesus into the conversation. You go get picked on. Why not go for it, right? And just, man, I don't think that's necessarily what God would challenge us to do. It feels clunky in the moment you're saying it, right? I, I get it. There's times where you just don't want to use Scripture as an abuse. But you know that as the Scripture says this, and I'm aware of this, and what we're doing right now is not what's in Scripture. So we need to think about this. Maybe in our anger we don't sin right now. Stop using Scripture. But it's the solid deal, right? Like that's the one that will bring us home. It will ground us. We can get back to a good place. That's our role, to lead our families. And I just challenge you, Scripture can do that. When we grab a hold of passages like these, we understand our role is to go home and first lead our family, powerful things can happen. But we're also supposed to like, be willing to open our home, it says there, to be neighborly. Mark 12, 30 through 31 says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. This teacher of the law was testing Jesus, asking him, what's the most important commandment of all? And he, he shared those two of the highest importance and, and really stifled their attempt to catch him in like some false doctrine there. But what is he saying there is something that, that we actually focused on for the entire year of 2017, if you want to go to the message archives and listen to them. We need to be good neighbors. Like, Jesus really meant be a good neighbor. 
God has you living where you live for a reason. How open is your life? Thus the name of this church, right? How open are you living with those around you? Weaknesses and strengths, how's your neighboring? The challenge that year was to, to be able to, within the course of that year, we wanted people to be able to know their neighbor by name and need so that they could pray for their neighbor by name in need. We, we called it neighboring eight because most, if you're in like the suburbial neighborhood, you might have eight homes like in your right in the middle. Do you know your neighbor's names? What's your plan to get to know them without being weird? And then how can you pray for them? Yeah, just figuring those things out. Neighboring just all of a sudden happens. Moments will present themselves like a few weeks ago. Came home and, and uh, there was an alarm going off uh, across the street. And uh, so I was like, oh, that sounds like a fire alarm. And nobody's car was in the driveway. So I, I walked over and kind of looked in. Their dog's going a little nuts, but there's no smoke. Um, and so the, they have a ring doorbell. So I was like, I have a ring doorbell. Boy, if anybody rings that, like, makes my phone go chime like everybody else in Starbucks when their ring doorbell goes off. It's always confusing. Whose ring is going off? It only has one chime. But I, so I just ring it, and I'm like, hey, your fire alarm's going off, and the dog's looking good right inside the door here. Just want to let you know, in case you guys are out of town, what you'd like us to do. And so, uh, and then around the corner comes Joe, their direct next-door neighbor and an open lifer, and she's already messaged them on Facebook as well. So it was kind of cool to see us neighboring. And it, everything was fine. They made it home a few hours later. The alarm just kept going off the whole time. And uh, poor dog. But we were like uh, watching out for our, it, it seems, oh, that's just, yeah, everybody would do that. Yeah, but all of a sudden when there's intentionality and mission behind it, something beautiful happens in your spirit when you walk out that neighboring practice. That's just a simple, simple, hospitable neighboring challenge God gives us. That's our home. I love what the gal that spoke for the ladies, a few ladies went to the one-day conference and how she shared that she doesn't invite anybody to church unless she's first invited them to her table. And just that challenge for us, who are we inviting into our home? Who are we inviting around us, to make an impact around us, because God has you in your neighborhood for a reason. Invite somebody over for a meal. Crank up the barbecue, have a fire, some s'mores, have great conversations, tell stories about when you saw Bigfoot. It'll be incredible. The good things come out of moments like that. Um, he must enjoy having guests in his home. That's challenging. The second thought is that we need to go out. So we need to go home, but we need to go out. And out to you, that might mean you're going to head in and serve a mission downtown. That might mean you're going to head off to the Dream Center in L.A. or Washington, D.C. Or maybe that means you're going to exit the country to serve the least of these. 
as we truly are. Not the poorest of the poor on the globe. Romans 10.14 says, How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Yes, exactly. That passage just gets me when I think about going out. We support quite a few missionaries at Open Life. And we uh, set aside money in season. We'll be talking about unreached demographics and our support of them this next month. But we want to not only give to them, we want to go serve the projects that they're serving. We want to see this, and we're doing that this summer. We're going to do that every summer. And uh, we're, we're going to go both to our missionary in Dominican Republic this summer and our missionaries in Surabaya, Indonesia. In Surabaya, John Vincent, one of our missionary associates we support, said that Psalm 139, 9 through 10 is like one of those passages he goes back to all the time. When I asked him, I asked all of them for life verses. He said, it's this, it says, if I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, Even there your hand will guide me, and your strength will support me. When people give of their lives for years of service without the comforts and the amenities and the things we have here, that's a solid verse for them to count on. It says, this passage is mounted on the wall in the offices of ICH Sarabaya as a reminder that God is guiding those who have gone out to the ends of the earth to bring the gospel. Not just a moment to proclaim, but with their life, by moving there and serving people, Jesus would serve. Jamie Bayo, uh, she's missionary to the Dominican Republic. And at the conclusion of today, we're going to pray for our team that's leaving tomorrow to go there. But uh, she said that one of the passages that she comes back to is John 15, 16. It says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. That was Jesus sharing there. And she says it reminds her to come back to, to the, or any time she's wondering if she's where God wants her, it's when she comes back and just goes, am I where God wants me? It brings the emphasis of, of also of discipleship and not just evangelism, not just a response, but rather a life change transformation in which those who are being reached are raised up to reach others, right? Like we say, we're people re- leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And then John Taylor responded as well as, these are all three, those who have said yes to go. They're missionaries in Surabaya, Indonesia. They're the lead pastors of ICA Surabaya. Says, in, he says, 2 Corinthians 4.18 has been critical for him. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. 
but the things we cannot see will last forever. And he says, this is why he says, that it was this passage that gave him the thought that he concludes all of his letters or emails with. He signs them, live for things that last forever. See, Jesus challenged us not just to go home and impact our neighbors, but to, to go to the ends of the earth and gave us so many encouragements that we know when we're there, he's got us. That we're there on his appointment and his preparation. And at Open Life, we have this vision that everybody would have an opportunity to go on a missions trip. That everybody would have an opportunity not just to, to give and support those going, but that we would truly like find our time to be able to go experience another culture, a need that is beyond our imagination, and, and serve in any way, shape, or form those who have said yes to go for life need us to serve them. And uh, it's called a missions trip, right? And we just go on the mission of Jesus to the ends of the earth and count on him going with us and keeping us safe and protected. And in addition, my prayer is that from our own midst, God would raise up missionaries. Those who would say not only, man, I'll go for a couple weeks or I'll go for a month, I'll go for a season of my life because I think God's calling us to fill in the blank. The world needs Jesus, right? And by going on a short trip, you might discover where you're supposed to go on a long one. And we just want to see God stir up our hearts, not only to help where it hurts locally, but help globally in ways beyond funding. How powerful is it to see what our giving impacts? Worship team's going to come up, and our action thought for this talk today is say yes to the call to go. Say yes to the call to go. It might not be easy. Could be challenging a bit. There may be obstacles in between you and the trip. But God's calling us to go. Get out of our comfort zones. He never called us to follow him to be safe. He called us to follow him so that we could change the lives of the world around us. And we want to respond to today's talk and, and pray and the worship team's going to sing a song. And then I'm going to call us to pray uh, for our Dominican Republic team just as a corporate uh, group today as a church. We'll commission them out for the next 10 days celebrate when they get back and uh and then it's donut day so after that we'll we'll break for donuts get to know one another hang out for a while um so let me pray about the content we covered there and then uh, we'll move on lord thank you for challenging us to go man you have called us out to the ends of the earth First, you've called us home. We need to lead home well. But the stories that come from, from serving at home and serving each other here, let those 
be taken out around this globe. Let us go faithfully and say yes to the urge that you give us for for the world around us and the needs that are being experienced globally. I pray that God, you will give visions and dreams to those in this room and those who hear this series later online. I pray that you would use these reminders of these passages to go, to awaken dreams of maybe a full-time missions call in people or awaken dreams to support missionaries around this world that maybe we've yet to even have an opportunity to say yes to. Oh, we thank you, God, for the generosity that allowed teams to go. But Lord, we pray that you would call us, each of us, to go in our own way that you would appoint. We just say yes to you and want to follow you. And maybe today there's some here that have yet to say yes to Jesus. They've yet to invite you into their life as their Lord and Savior. And I pray that right now would be the day that they could say yes to you and invite you into their life and start to live a life on purpose with an intentionality that is is really connected to your path for them. That that lamp to their feet, they would come back to the light of God, the love of Jesus start to walk on your path you have for them to live the life that would be most fulfilling for them speak clearly to us today let us respond to your word in Jesus name